Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, our main character might be a loon, ranting about a god's boon. But get him out on the dune, and he might just make you swoon. That's right, we're talking moon night. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Greetings. And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. That's a missed opportunity to say salutations, and I'm disappointed in you. Okay, well that's fine. Greetings, salutations. You yeah. you you can be disappointed. It's free country. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we mentioned just a moment ago, we are going to be talking some Moon Knight, the Disney Plus TV series. Yes, indeed. We have a lot of those lately, and I imagine we're going to have some more. We will, because we will be having Obi-Wan, which is also a Disney Plus show coming out soon, and other shows that they probably haven't named yet. I was just staring at you blank, because I was trying to come up with anything else, and I couldn't. (laughs) But you know what? No, Ahsoka. They started started filming today. You you ruined it for me, because I was going to say, Obi-Wan is also going to deal with this subject that we're going to deal with before we talk about Moon Knight. Because we need something <laughs> to tie right. this all together. And you know what? I don't like sand. It's all coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere, even into this intro topic. <laughs> We're talking about movies with sand in them. <laughs> the, the most generic you could possibly get. And that is a lot. There could be sand lot. It could be. That does not count. We ruled that one out. <laughs> uh, it could be underwater sand. So it could be Pirates of the Caribbean. That that was a, that I allowed that one. I think because that the bottom allowable. of the sea is really just a flooded beach. Yes, yes. I, I allowed that one. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll take it. All right, all right. So for my sand film, I'm going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about Stargate. Uh, also Egyptian theme. We're doubly on point here. Absolutely. It's almost like we tried to figure out if there were enough movies about Egypt and realized we couldn't. Well, uh, uh, no, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so this is the 1994 sci-fi uh, film starring Kurt Russell and James Spader. And the idea in this film is that uh, a a mysterious ring made of some unknown alloy is discovered in uh, the sands of Egypt near the pyramids and unearthed by archaeologists. And uh, this one particular archaeologist slash crackpot historian has <laughs> these wild theories about the pyramids being landing pads for alien spaceships and, you know, the, all of Egyptian culture so being due to alien influence. Are, are there spaceships large enough to just land on the... Yes, actually. So if they just land on it, couldn't they just land on the ground? They... They well, it's it's they they have theme. <laughs> they are dripping. Aesthetic. They are dripping with theme. Play here, uh, but anyway. So they the government uh, brings him on board because he's you know nobody in this in the uh, academic community gives him any credence whatsoever. But they have this thing that uh, kind of proves some of the stuff that he's been saying that nobody else believes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they bring him on board because he's the only one barking up the right tree. And uh, they figure out how to turn the thing on and it creates a wormhole through space to another planet that they then send a team to go explore. And um, mid-90s sci-fi hijinks ensue. This is one of the movies. A lot of sand involved. There's a lot of (laughs) sand. It is a a sand planet. Oh, so is it Dune? Arrakis? It's Tatooine Tatooine. as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was one of the films um, that popularized the P90 um, (laughs) uh, machine gun. It's a very automatic. It's a a very scientific or sci-fi looking weapon. It is. It's also really great when you need to shoot a movie because it doesn't stick out very far. And there are these pesky cameras that you can run into with a gun. Yep. You do a much more intimidating sweep. <laughs> Actually, this film did not have the P90 in it. Oh, really? No. The P90 was in the the series oh. starting starting in one of the, the mid-run seasons, like season three, four, somewhere. Oh, like. okay. Well, then yep. I was completely wrong. Absolutely wrecked. Yep. Yeah, this this one has uh, uh, MP5. Savage. 
Same, oh, same concept. I mean, still. but you get the HK slap there, so it's fine. Yeah. You just, <laughs> all right. Who wants to go next? You or me, Andrew? Uh, I can go. Okay. Oh, you're okay. always me for last. Oh, no. So I, I am as close to on brand as we possibly could be for these sand-related films <laughs> because I picked the 1999 classic action-adventure film, The Mummy. Yes. Uh, so it is 1925 in the Sahara Desert, and there is an expedition of treasure-seeking explorers that happen upon a tomb of a, you know, pharaoh that they also happen to release a um, an ancient 3,000-year-old priest that wreaks havoc on the surrounding areas, basically trying to uh, be uh, become fully resurrected and um, essentially immortal mm-hmm. um, by uh, basically transitive property taking the soul of um, our main girl Evelyn O'Connell and putting it into his his dead priestess slash love mm-hmm. and hijinks ensue. Uh, this is probably the closest analog to Indiana Jones that isn't Indiana Jones that's ever existed. Yeah. Uh, like in, in they did a fantastic job. Brendan Fraser is the 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 main, and this, this is peak Brendan Fraser. Oh this yes, is Brendan Fraser at the height of his prowess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and and you really get a lot of just really fun, uh, magical and action shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a whole scene of of him just in a biplane flying directly into the mouth of a sandstorm that looks like a mummy's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's actually a mouth. Yeah, I mean it's you know like there's just really fun stuff like this. That that you just never really got to see otherwise. And it, it spawned a whole bunch of other franchise films. If yeah. for whatever reason you've never seen it uh, and you're still listening to this podcast, you should probably stop this and go, wa- wa- go <laughs> no, watch that tell film. Them to tell them after they finish listening. <laughs> Come on now, people. Come on. Priorities. Yeah, killing me over here. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're just moving up the timetable. We've gone from 1994 yes. to 99. Yep. And we're going to 2005 here. Okay. And I'm talking Sahara. A lot of sand in this one. There is a lot of sand in the Sahara. Yes. So this is based on a novel of the same name by Clive Cussler. And it has Matthew McConaughey, Steve Zahn, and Penelope Cruz as our mains. So Matthew McConaughey is a treasure hunter with his sidekick, Steve Zahn. And they end up partnering up with a WHO doctor, Penelope Cruz, to find a lost American Civil War ironclad warship in the Sahara Desert. If you want just a whole bunch of word soup, you just got it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, this is definitely a film where you should turn your brain off. It is entertaining. It is pretty fun. Uh, you know, it's it's Matthew McConaughey being very, very emphatically Matthew McConaughey. I, I don't think I would say it's peak McConaughey, but it's uh, around that time. Wolf of Wall Street's probably the closest. Oh, that's that's actually a good bit later. I but, thinking, but he, yeah, but he only got like a couple minutes in that movie. Yeah, I was thinking kind of like a like a how to lose how to lose a guy in ten days. Is that uh, the right one? I think so. That's right. That's the right name. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of peak. But anyways, he's he's well established. Yeah. As, as who he is, uh, Steve Zahn's just overall funny. Mm-hmm. And, and they have really good on screen chemistry. They have great chemistry. Penelope Cruz also does a really good job adding to that because mm-hmm. she's kind of the the straight man. Yeah, to them because they are perpetually just kind of making things work because they're you know ex and it's, special forces. Yeah, and it's kind of got a buddy cop film mm-hmm. feel to it because like they're both highly competent and they're just like they're kind of ad libbing as they go. Yeah, just the make it up way. as it goes along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know you have the 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 maneuver. They're going to pull a Panama. And, yeah, and he just says that, and you know Zahn immediately knows. Oh no, not this again. And, <laughs> is this Top Gun? Yeah, no, it is. And then. uh <laughs> Even their boss, who's played by uh, William H Macy, also is like, "Oh, they did a Panama." You know, you have you, you have a feeling that there's a lot of history amongst mm-hmm. all these characters, even though you barely really see them on screen because it's just the one. It's not this is not the MCU or something like that. It's not a <laughs> huge spawning franchise. I think there are several books. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is a long running series, and there are spinoff series that reference these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Clive Cussler has written. I've I've read a few. I've I've actually read Sahara the book, and I've read some of the spin. How well series, does it but, compare to the movie? Uh, I I like the movie better. Okay, I mean the movie is uh, again it's this turn is, your brain off. Yeah, you don't you don't want to think about this one too hard for several plot points, but it's fun and it's entertaining, and yeah, I, I leave you with that. I think 
I probably picked the one that's going to have been the least watched by people. Mm-hmm. So don't turn off the podcast. You can wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you're done, it is time to rack your way through a four-part series of sand. <laughs> Kick it off. Just pick any Star Wars. They all qualify. And then go into this list and just, just <laughs> all the sand you need for the rest of your life. Do they all qualify? Don't think about it too hard, Andrew. Well, does Last Jedi go on any sand planets? Did they have a beach? Mm. Was there an ocean? There's underwater there was sand. There was water. Did they play baseball? <laughs> <laughs> they were on salt flats. Uh, like that's the type of sand. Well, oh, I mean, there was the black sand that they fell through. Oh, uh, no. That's, or I'm thinking Rise of Skywalker. That, that's Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Or otherwise known as National Treasure 3. Right, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> forward to back to... To the plot, and the plot here is Moon Knight, because that is how we got off on this sand tangent, <laughs> because it truly is everywhere. Yep. You want to give us a little synopsis? Okay, all right. So this is, this is actually going to be one of the harder synopses that I have attempted to give. Without giving any real spoilers. Right, yeah, yeah, because a lot of the plot is is revelatory, and the character's initial condition is revelatory to the plot, and et cetera, et cetera. But we have... The backdrop of the Egyptian pantheon with uh, each of the Egyptian gods has the ability to choose a human as their avatar and bestow uh, powers and favor upon them. Mm -hmm. And so our hero is one such avatar and he gets, you know, your your typical uh, Marvel hero stuff of being strong and fast and and he can heal and combat he capable. Yeah, all, take a bullet, all yeah. that stuff. Um, and the his patron's whole shtick is to be the avenging knife, to um, to uh, kill evildoers in um, in vengeance for what they have done to the innocent. Mm-hmm. And um, that is kind of the one side of it. The other side of it is that the main character. Um, suffers from uh, dissociative personality disorder. And there are multiple, like like there's not just one him. And the, the different personalities that he manifests don't know each other. And so there's a lot of mystery that happens there. Mm-hmm. And, and um, run-of-the-mill MCU adventure crossed with compelling psychological thriller shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and there's, there's a lot of uh, detective work esque things where mm-hmm. he's detectiving himself, yeah. which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I really liked this show. I think this is probably my, um, my second favorite compared to like WandaVision for, for what Disney Plus has kind of come out with. Mm-hmm. And I really liked Loki a lot. Um, I haven't seen Hawkeye or whatever the other one, um, the Winter Soldier one or whatever. Uh, um, you're not, you're not really Soldier. missing much in either um, case. But this one, like... Sadly. Uh, <laughs> Oscar Isaac does just fantastic oh, acting work. Well, like this is, it is, it just shows how underutilized he has been in other films that are also owned by Disney. <laughs> Criminally so. So on that note, with that little bit of spoiler, if you will, let's hear some scores, Joel. Okay, so we have two different scores. We've got our technical review score and our um, entertainment value score. Mm-hmm. For the technical score, we have that averaged out across our four pillars of review, that being spectacle, performance, score, and plot. And for that, we have given this series a 7.8 out of 10. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, that meets the Spider-Man No Way Home threshold for <laughs> MCU properties. <laughs> Which is, that's a good, that's a, I mean. It, that hits it right at the dot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for entertainment, which we keep separate because. Uh, this this could be different. Your enjoyment of something is not necessarily based on how technically sound it is. Uh, and in this case, it's a little bit higher. We scored the entertainment value of Moon Knight at an 8.3 out of 10. Okay, so we got we got a bit of a divergence there. Yeah. Oftentimes, apparently, we derive enjoyment and entertainment through technical yeah <laughs> technical prowess, but not always. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it can be a little convoluted and a little weird. Well, uh, I, you already talked about Oscar Isaac, right, yeah. and being the shining star of this piece, oh, and. Man. 
And at least for me, the my enjoyment of this was really tied into the performances and what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And there are other things that I ding it for in other categories that really didn't affect the enjoyment nearly as much. Uh, yeah. Really. And I mean, y'all are talking about Oscar Isaac, but Ethan Hawke too is the, the flip side of the coin as our villain is also fantastic. You know, if you're going to have two people that have to occupy this much screen time, they have to be able to really dominate. And mm-hmm. they both are very, very capable. Yeah. And really show it off as 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 the episodes the show that's the what it's called progresses <laughs> yeah and the um uh, some of the some of the other things that are are pretty solid is honestly the music for the whole show is actually really pretty fantastic it is there's a it's lot really good there's a lot of of um, Egyptian influence in the composition mm-hmm. uh, and it really comes through and like for me one of the hallmarks that is like you've got to do this or if you are doing this, that means that the score is good is, is there a theme that I find myself humming or whistling later? And Mm -hmm. emphatically, yes. Yeah. 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 The, um, uh, now on the flip side, uh, some of the CGI, um, doesn't really hold up that well. Yeah. It's been really interesting because I I've seen all of the MCU Disney plus shows Mm -hmm. at this point. And, the quality of their effects is definitely a notch below their films. Yeah. Which and is interesting because I feel like for something like, say, Loki and WandaVision, it, it, was, it was pretty close. It didn't suffer as much as this one did. They this were less, one, I think they were less ambitious in those two. Which is a crazy thing to say of, we're going to talk about you know, multiple universes. We weren't very ambitious with our effects. <laughs> but, but yeah, like with, with this one, um, the the general CGI was was definitely a step below. It, it felt more plasticky mm. and kind of uh, with the with with the exception of one character, but I can't say the name because that would be spoilers. <laughs> That's giving it away. Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to stick with us if you want to hear this bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was overall a lot of fun, and um, the the show's entertainment for me kind of was like, oh, first episode's really good, second episode. Eh, okay third episode was not that great and then it kind of like ramped way up and then kind of a little bit back down so basically (laughs) you've got kind of the two halves of Mm -hmm. of the show you've got the adventure half and you've got the the exploring of the the psychological issues and the the thriller element there right and so the psychological thriller stuff was incredible Mm -hmm. and a large part of that is due not only to the writing but oscar isaac's performance which Mm -hmm. was absolutely amazing yeah um and but the adventure was kind of okay it was fine (laughs) yeah it was fine yeah it was very it felt maybe if they had had eight episodes it could have been a little better fleshed out in parts the the episode two and episode three felt very rushed yeah there was some serious national treasuring going on and not in a Nick Cage's fun way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was, it it felt a lot of the, the things that kind of happened that led up to the second half of the show um, didn't really feel earned at all. Yeah, no. Um, But I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, it was still, it was passable once you got past that point, and then Oscar Isaac basically just kind of took the reins and said, "This is my show now." It just takes yeah. over, and it's just who it goes from there. Yeah, and and I, we cannot say this enough. Like he is, ju- I mean, like he he deserves whatever award TV shows get yeah. for acting. Andrew was like, "Oscar deserves an Oscar." And I was like, "Andrew, I don't think they give those out for TV shows." <laughs> He's like, but it sounds good. <laughs> it's compelling. It gets to the people. Oh, well, we're all out of sugary sweets now. But if you're interested in something more Egyptian-themed, then sure to... Be sure to tell them about SpoilersIntendedPodcast.com. It's a great resource for all their other content. Hold on, we're getting there. Look, look, if we're going to finish this intermission, you have to give me control. Protect the travelers from spoilers. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get this done. Spoilers scary? Time to leave. Spoilers not scary? Stick around. This will probably be pretty fun. Uh, what? Wait, where am I? Oh, not this again. I need to call Mum. All 
Alrighty then, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that quick little brief break. If you didn't get the message, just like the sand, the spoilers are everywhere. <laughs> and if you find them coarse, rough, and irritating, you need to be moseying on now because that's all we got from here on out. Yep. So let's kick it off. Let's talk some spectacle. This is a Marvel production. We expect high-level CGI. Did we get it? No, we nerp, did not. Nerp, I nerp. think we all pretty nerp. well agree. That's a no. <laughs> uh, I'll kick it off. Sure. I'll give it an eight. Oh. That, this was nicer okay, than I was expecting. This was so hard because the CGI is not up to Marvel standards. The suit looks really bad. The suit, the cape, that first moment with the cape. This is a big reveal and the cape mm. looks terrible. <laughs> However, this was, this was a tough one for me, right? Because- the cinematography is so good for the psychological bits. Yeah. 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 The the we get so many I mean from the the cold open on, we get so many different camera angles. There has been a trend, not naming names, in streaming TV shows of the camera hovers about mid chest to face height and it just sits there and it does nothing. And this is not <laughs> one of those shows. Yeah. The camera does a lot. A lot of weird and fun, interesting and, things. And it just it moves in different ways and you get really, really tight shots and just all this stuff going on. And I, I really went to war with myself over, well, what do I credit it for? What do I punish it for? And was the CGI hit or miss in some points? Yes. But was it the main meat of what was happening? No. Was the cinematography good? Yes. It was everywhere. So I had I had to lean heavy here. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Who wants it next? I'll take it. Go for it, Joel. Uh, I give it a six. Okay. Uh, you know, we've already talked about the effects not being up to where you'd like to see them. Uh, to throw it a bone, I thought that the the design, which again, this is this is taken heavily from the source material, but the design and utilization of the suit whenever Mark or Steven is the one in charge. Driving. Right. Yeah. Like there's there's that immediate shift of, oh, the suit looks different. And so we can see who is who's controlling in control at that point in time. What, with that what did you give cue. the score for it? So I was looking at something. Uh, I gave it a six. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's a great way to get around the issue of all your actors in Marvel have to wear helmets and masks yeah. and stuff because now you just you know who it is. And they, they can emote. Just based on what they're wearing. Yeah. yeah. But the fights themselves all like, I don't know. Pretty they, poorly choreographed. They, they felt really cramped mm -hmm. and, and like there wasn't really anything interesting done. It was just a, I would really rather have a couple of swings and then maybe, maybe some clever sound editing. And then the hero just kind of runs into the next scene, right? Like we didn't need to spend time on it if you weren't going to do something visually interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. so the, the one thing that I noticed with the with a lot of the fight scenes is you never were really ex like visually or or even expositionally explained kind of like what he could do yeah beyond yeah. just he's a superhuman that throws little moons um and 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 that was basically it yeah we knew for sure that the suit could heal yeah that was that was an important point mm -hmm. but that was that was it that was basically it and yeah. um but that's more of a plot thing yeah. than it is spectacle um because yeah i mean like the fights were not really well choreographed and they the, even, now the, now uh, with the the final fight in in episode six actually was pretty solid well, what, uh, what, what the, score did the, you give it the on ground fight yeah not the it, the two gods the fighting marvel yeah. must meet marvel standards yeah of i give it a seven fight. okay yeah yeah so i was right in the middle we're all in the same territory um and it was like, cause yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same thing. I initially had it at an eight and then I was like, I kind of like kept walking it back a little bit in my mind of like, you see my notes. I scratched out a seven. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> like, right. I was so hard. Cause, yeah. Cause it was, it was really tough because a, everything in episode one and episode four and five or the end of episode four and then all of episode five is just phenomenal mm. for cinematography and how they, they set up their shots. And, and it was just so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because like when they were going through the um, uh, the the psych ward for the first time in episode four, yeah, I honestly think that was just a one shot. And um, that, that's interesting. I, that'd be intrigued to see if it was or wasn't. I, I'm I'm unsure. I'd have to watch it again, but I'm pretty sure it was a one shot. And if it was, that's pretty impressive. Now, are we talking a one shot with two Oscar Isaacs? 
no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, th- that was just, the just like, in- introducing the, the introducing the ward. Introducing okay. the yeah, ward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you have you basically had two um, uh, creators here. It was created by Jeremy Slater, um, and then uh, Mohammed Diab was the leading director Mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. And I thought he actually did a really fantastic job of kind of tying everything together because this is one of the weirder properties that that MCU has kind of come out with. And um, I I think I like it when the MCU gets weird because it lets them do weird things. Mm -hmm. The way that you can do, you can do more fun things. You're not locked or as locked into the formula because also it's not a you know, Captain America must be this, right? Yeah. You have, you have certain expectations with that character. And with Moon Knight, it, you know, most of the general populace, either they barely heard his name. They I didn't him, even know he existed. They, yeah. They see him in like one meme. Yeah. Or that's it. Um, so one, one thing I will note too, I guess episode four, whenever they're in the tomb and um, the priest is like, kind of like chasing after them and like, like grabbing like through the rafters mm. oh, and everything. Geez. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, those. Horror. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like the whole okay. Well, I guess I'm just going to kind of inch across this this one foot ledge. <laughs> yeah. It was so generic. Yeah. Well, uh, that part was not fun. Yeah, um, because you're just like, okay, come on. Yeah, and then and then like you know she she went through all of this for them to be like, oh yeah, there's just another way. And then everyone just like everyone you know just shows yeah. up with no problem at all. Um, That's a plot issue though. That is a plot issue. Yeah. That is correct. We'll, we'll get there. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we all had our, our go yeah. at the spectacle here. Uh, another CGI ding. They, people getting hit by things, man. Episode two, where he wakes up in the Alps. and they Episode hit people, one. Is that episode one? Episode uh, one. They hit people with logs. Like that whole, <laughs> the, the log truck turn looked so bad. The, the car chase was not. Not that good looking. Not great, no. Yeah. Now, now the bouncing back and forth between like like the jump cuts, right? Yeah, oh, where, those were fantastic. That's where, well done. Where yeah. it's 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 Steven and he's like, oh, I have no idea what's going on, and then <laughs> and then he blacks out, and then I'm covered in blood and I'm holding a gun. Oh no, well, what's going on? Well, see, because that <laughs> is performance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's good editing too. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it it hypes the spectacle because mm-hmm. it's the way that it's framed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of performance, let's talk about some performance. I wonder what these scores are going to look like. <laughs> Andrew, you want to go first? I give it a 10. Yeah. I, I have no self-control. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a self-control issue. This is a recognizing quality issue. Um, yeah. I mean, he... And, and you have done so. So, <laughs> like, up until, like, episode f- uh, four and five, like, I was I was still pretty on board with just, like, I was like, oh, he's doing a really good job. This is... I, I enjoy mm-hmm. watching Oscar Isaac actually be able to do things be- besides just be an angry pilot. And, um, and like, so up until that point, I was like, okay, this is, this is just really fun. And then episode five happened and I was like, this is like almost like a career defining performance. He's just flexing the whole time. Mm -hmm. He is playing a intense emotional scene opposite himself. He's playing it twice with nobody there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it was just fantastic yeah. like i mean and that that is just him that doesn't include um uh, uh ethan hawk who did a fantastic job of being just a cool evil guy mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't even really that bad quotation mark it's just it's the the complete devotion to mm-hmm. a twisted ideology right? yeah and and also kind of the the banality of i probably butchered that word banality banality of what he's doing where because like they have the the meeting and he's doing these good things oh you should try the i know you're vegan you should try the lentil soup it's just that that's so like the dude is just oozing evil right now but it just sounds <laughs> kind of reasonable and you're kind of kind of questioning oh no no, no, I, no he's evil yeah yeah so um before i hand it off the the other performance that i absolutely loved um, was uh, Antonia Salib, who was um, uh, Tauret, the, the, the hippo. The, the hippo, hippo goddess. Yeah. 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 She was so much fun. <laughs> and, um, and this is like the first thing she's ever been in. Well, it's the juxtaposition of the, the bubbly British lady and just this hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well, um, well also, it, everything around that character is really, really weighty, psychological. The door opens, the hippo comes in. Hey! And everyone screams. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
it's just kind of the the bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mixed in with everything else because it's just at that point in the series, you're just like, man, everything is just weird right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, so it's cool too. So they, um, the the director, he's Egyptian, and you know they tried to get as many Egyptian. Um, actors that they could in there mm-hmm. for the billing. Uh, so um, Antonia, she's she's Egyptian, and um, uh, Layla, uh, her actress is also Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know pretty much all like the score and everything like May that is Kalamawi, I think. Yeah, I don't. I really. Don't I, I had this down, name. and I was like, I don't want to pronounce that one, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with character name. Uh, but yeah, like they they did a really good job. Um, I mean, like everyone just it was just fantastic. Yeah, Joel. I was a paragon of self-restraint, and I also gave it a 10. Okay. I was absolutely, like, basically, you give me episode five and say the rest of the show is terrible, I'm still going to give this a 10. Because, (laughs) I mean, that was such an incredible performance. Oscar Isaac showed just insane range. Mm -hmm. Oscar deserves an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) But not for Star Wars. But not for Star Wars. (laughs) And the thing is, the rest of it wasn't garbage. Like, it was supported by really good performances as well, and there's just no way I'm not giving this a 10. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair. Look, I hear both y'all. I know what you're saying. I know we had two big names going at it on screen. Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac. (laughs) <laughs> and also Ethan Hawke, <laughs> and there are some other people, and you know maybe that's a problem. And there's just it's so dominated by one person that the other people just can't do. And I gave it a ten. <laughs> okay, I, I just holy cow, what a waste for, in for Star Wars. It, yeah, like he, I mean, because like you know we liked him in Dune. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he was yeah. great. He, he was great in Dune, but. I mean, like, this just got to just show as much range as he could possibly, like, Mm -hmm. pull out of him. Yeah, and there there were some – there were definitely some glimmerings there in Dune of, oh, man, he can can do – he can stand in front of a screen and just dominate it just by existing. And in this, holy cow – and again, going back to the whole thing that for most of the show, he's kind of acting just opposite himself in a lot of ways. Even when it's – him going from being Steven to Mark, he still has to act opposite himself, right? He's still mm-hmm. having to work off being two different people. He like it's almost one of those things like you're doing this so well that I'm a little concerned of <laughs> what your actual <laughs> mental health looks like. Uh, but wow, yeah, and I I loved uh, Antonia mm-hmm. as as the hippo. Yeah, she I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the the actual god's name. I cannot do it. Uh, Layla was solid. I, mm-hmm. I thought she had a couple of good bits, and then, she, she got she got better the longer she was on screen. Well, it, it really stood out to me because the longer she was around, the more I was worried that they were going to kill her. Yeah, and me I really and I realized, man, she did a really good job. If I'm actually like really concerned about <laughs> yeah. her as in this role, uh, and then Ethan for me, Ethan Hawke just drove it drove it over the top. Right? Yeah, this is this is the kind of villain that I want to see where they are. There's no real reasoning with them. They're very set in what they want to do. And they are just completely perfectly at ease with just being a horrible person. Yeah. And, and really the what what finally sold it to me, mm-hmm. which is it was kind of the missing piece of his character that you just don't get as until it's revealed, is when he succeeds and he frees the goddess that he's been looking for. And she informs him that he does not meet her standards. And he was like, well. I was really hoping that this wouldn't be the case, but I understand I ex- I and I accept like he does not waver from his ideology no, not at, at all. all. And that that moment really and and it wasn't just like the writing of that moment, which was good, but it was also Ethan Hawke's like presentation of that mm-hmm. because you can tell that he is very distressed at this because he wants to live. Mm. But at the same time, he is going to he is committed and he is going to live out this ideology no matter the cost. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and the the bit where he and Oscar get to go and kind of go back and forth in the little street after he gets abducted mm-hmm. and and you have the argument, but but you're 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 talking about killing children. And he's like, children who will do bad things. And she was <laughs> like, holy crap, you know, this dude is he he is all here and mm-hmm. it's not at all right. <laughs> yeah. So uh moving forward to the score. score. Of the score. <laughs> Let's see. Andrew went first. Joel, you want to go first? Sure. I gave score an eight. 
Um, I was very pleased with the Egyptian influence on the, the composition. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it all feel unique and different from the other offerings of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also mentioned pre-spoiler wall that I have come away from just about every episode humming the the main theme. Yeah, the main theme is really good. Um, Did you watch the intros and outros, though? I Sin. didn't watch... Scales, scales won't balance. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the outro on the final episode because there's a post. To. Yeah, you a, have to. Uh huh. <laughs> and the intros were short enough that I didn't skip. Them. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, there isn't really an intro. It's just yeah. a, a previously on. Yeah, yeah, which you don't need, or at least I didn't need because I was just binge watching it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that all you got for score? That's well, I. That's all you're getting. Oh well, alrighty then. <laughs> Uh, I'll pick it up from here. I'll let uh-huh. Andrew take the last. Uh, I liked the full range of music we got. Yeah. We got kind of your classical like MCU score. Yeah. We also got some nice pop music mm-hmm. right? when when he's in London and whatnot. And then, yeah, the, the Middle Eastern, Egyptian, kind of Bedouin-esque vibes just sell the setting. Like when you... Give me, you know, the moon over the dunes and you hit with that, that, that wavering sound. What'd you score perfect. it? Perfect. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I gave it a nine. Oh, okay. I'm gushing here. I, it should be obvious. The, I mean, you know, uh, the, uh, the hip hop, um, uh, the Egyptian hip hop was fantastic. Yeah. I think it was episode two, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, oh, I mean, it was really cool. Yeah. What'd you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, mostly for, for all the same points. I mean, I thought it was really strong the the open the the main theme was really good mm-hmm. and definitely something that i would recognize as moon knight um mm-hmm. which is pretty rare for most mcu anything yeah, yeah. um and uh yeah I, I loved all like the little vignettes that we get of, of honestly music that i've i you know i would never seek out on my own mm-hmm. and um uh you know like i may i may go look up some of the artists that did um, that had their had their songs in here and maybe listen to you know part of their album see if I like it and yeah. just throw throw one or two and, of those songs on there and just to to hit this beat of character themes one more time <laughs> to go across the aisle to the the DC films uh-huh. and that really fantastic recognizable musical motif for Wonder Woman yeah and how it whenever she shows up in oh, another yeah. film it starts playing and you're just like Oh yeah, let's go! I love and that's, that theme. That's the kind of response you could be getting every time a cool MCU character shows up in another character's film, right? Yeah, like and yeah. and like and you, well, don't. And you just don't. Yeah, you just never get it. The only time you get that is the the motif for um for basically the Avengers and Endgame. Yeah. Whenever he 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 gets the hand or uh, Captain gets the hammer and then you know he gets the little call in his thing and then you finally get the the true Avengers mm-hmm. theme and that is the only time it happens like come on guys yeah yeah it's it's rough yeah um yeah because I mean like the Wonder Woman theme oh, it's so good mm-hmm. I love it yeah, and, movies and, aren't... and you know what it means whenever it starts playing and oh like, yeah. yeah even if she's not on screen yeah, yeah she doesn't have to be on screen you start playing music oh I know it's coming down the hall <laughs> yeah and, and y'all gonna regret <laughs> here in a moment and and like that like. MCU has just such a big problem with music. And I think it's just because they try and play it so safe mm-hmm. that there's never, they never want to throw anything out there yeah. because then if people are like, Ooh, I didn't like that. Then, then they've, they can't well, bring it back. Well, what if you, you created a motif for a character who you need to be central for the next four movies and no one really likes that sound. And then suddenly this dude has to show up every time and it's like <laughs> you open the door and the, the room farts. And it's like, oh, I just deflated the room. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, like you, you have to have a really banger of a, yeah, of a light motif you gotta to be do good that. with it. Yeah. And again, you already mentioned this, that you like it when they get weird. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely weirder. Definitely one of the weirder ones. And it's it's more of a playground for him and, and the music is part of it. So. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of going back to spectacle, but on the ending theme, I love the visuals of the of the ending sequence with mm-hmm. like all of the, the Egyptian pyramids and then you have like basically all of like the mirrors of Isaac kind of looking at himself. Yeah, with like the multiple faces yeah. and all of the... You did the watch it. Representing the... 
He had to see the the incredible. Oh, you're right. He had to see it. He said said he did it once. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, um, I just, I love watching that ending theme because it's just really cool because I love um, that really like dark gray um, with like the really bright white from the moon Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. kind of lighting and everything. Anyways, continue. We can move on to plot now. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you just touched on something spectacle. You know, also going back there. Uh, they do a good job of the concept of there's a lot of night shots, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this is a moon based. You character. can still see things. And you still see everything. Well done. So yep. happy. <laughs> there are some some movies that just don't get this yet. Some directors or cinematographers who just don't understand how lighting works, and it kills me. Anyways, plot time. Let's talk about some plot. Let's see. You need to start. I need to start. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, I have a laundry list too. So this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I just he just hasn't started. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. So I. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a seven. Okay. And I, I feel like I could have been harsher or I could have been nicer. Yeah, yes, don't, you could have yeah, been harsher. Oh, I know. I know. This was, <laughs> this was the weakest point. So I'm going to grab my one point and, and y'all feel happy to correct me that I missed something important here and that I you know came up with a score <laughs> on something dumb. Okay. But we see – so, okay, I'm going to start with my love. I love – Kanchu making the decision to do something that will aid his avatar that he knows gets him imprisoned. Yeah. Yep. So I really love when we have That's a really cool sequence, dude. It's a beautifully shot sequence. The the math and the the whatever they're actually doing is all just BS. And <laughs> you know, we're we're waving a tablet around and finding out where the No, 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 no. That's not how any of that works. No, it's not, but it's magic. But the 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 stars spinning with them waving their arms on top of the dune, that and the music's just banging. Oh, I I love um all of the other characters whenever this is happening. And like Ethan's like, oh man, you messed up. This is gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that we have that payoff where Khonshu, you know, he he's the source of Moon Knight, he's the source of the powers, the healing, yeah. and everything. They make this known sacrifice, and from here on out, uh, you know, Stephen and Mark are on their own, basically. Yeah. There is no fallback, and they're still going to go through with it and do it. And I love that kind of story mm-hmm. where when you have your hero has lost all their powers, they still do something heroic because that's really when it comes through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the ding here is going to be with – well, we see Kanshu get imprisoned, right? It's turned into the statue, yeah. Yeah. Put, put away inside of the pyramid. Well, the whole plot here is that Amit is also imprisoned in a tomb. Presumably the gods did this. Mm-hmm. And she's like the only statue that isn't just in an alcove in the pyramid. With Well, yeah, because other. she was so dangerous that they couldn't leave her there. Is that the whole that's that, the yeah, whole, so, that was so, the whole plot. So what the way that it I don't think it was ever actually stated, but the way that the plot actually unfolded indicates that the only place that that can be undone is in that same chamber. Right. And so they removed her to make farther it that away. Much yeah, and they also did it in such a way that they didn't know where it was done. Right. Yeah. So it was, that, it was so hidden that, from everyone. So that yeah. no one of them could could go behind and the that, others back. Exactly. Fineish. I I still feels not great. And then also our national treasure MacGuffin method of getting there is the pretty the, unrewarding. The, the way of getting to that point yeah. of like, all right, well, there was this one dude that knew it, but he's dead. So then they had it transcribed on a thing. Yeah. So then you could do that. So then, but then you need to look at what the stars looked like. And then, yeah. It yeah. Was, it, that, it was, it wasn't like, like we said, the adventure part is kind of. Eh. I, have, I, have, I have a limited amount of disbelief dollars, and we spent them all really fast. Yeah, we, we spent was, basically all in episode two. It was pretty, but it was really fast, and yeah. So, who else wants to crack? Uh, I give it six. Okay. Um, mostly, I mean, the the plot at the end. Um, did they explain why Kanchu could get so big? Because I could understand nope. why why Amit nope. could get really nope. big. Nope. 
Be- okay, good. Um, he, he got big because he needed to. Yeah, because yep. like I was like, I understand. Like she's she's consuming souls right. and all this other kind of stuff. And okay, she gets big because that's how it works. Um, but then like and I'll you know and like cut scene into them doing some things and then cut back scene and it's like oh country's big now. Okay, how did he do that? Yeah. And there was never any explanation. Nope. And then it's just like cool. We just get a kaiju fight over the pyramids, which in concept is actually pretty cool. Watching two Egyptian gods like go at it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like you know essentially over their dead bodies the, the, sto- <laughs> the storyboarding of this is is you know phenomenal we're, we're just hit you know lines but the, off yeah the there's just no like, explanation there's just no justification yeah. yeah um i i do love that they did kind of get around some of the um uh, some minor like possible plot holes just by um basically having an unreliable ni- narrator in the sense mm-hmm. that like he could just black out and then stuff happens and you're just like well you get to figure that one out later yeah because we know for a fact that, you know, the reveal at the end with Jake Lockley, right? Uh-huh. We know for a fact that he's been an active part of the story all the way through. Yeah. Yes. And the 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 two characters, um, Stephen and Mark, that we've been following just don't know about him. Yeah. And and because like because like in episode was it episode one or two where he I think it's episode two where he's actually dealing with um, the cult. Yeah. For the first time and they're like, give us back the scarab. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. Um, because that was the the brutality of those attacks is not Mark's MO. So like nope. even at that point, that it's, was Jake. Well, yeah. Episode one, you get the Jake thing because the the other lady who works at the museum is like, Oh yeah, we're going out, right? At seven. Mm-hmm. Well, Steven didn't ask her out. Mark's married. Yeah. The the, oh, the personality yeah. that would go that would go for this is Jake. I didn't. I didn't yeah. even catch that. Yeah. I and see at first I assumed, oh, we're gonna play. This is this was Mark, and then it's like, oh no, we're all talking about marriage. Like, oh, 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 that can't. That's Jake. It has to be Jake. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. his mo. Yeah. Didn't even catch that. Yeah, because yeah. Mark is is intentionally trying to like he's trying to get away from his wife in order to just have no entanglements. Yeah. Because he he, he feels like he's too dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fair. <laughs> um, the um, so the one thing that I I did like um, I had so normally I I I don't enjoy whenever they introduce like new heroes mm-hmm. like into the like not the main character but like oh another hero the sidekick that's in the in right, the show right, right. I and normally they, don't like that and they get the thing that you like yeah. that you knew yeah I actually really liked Layla being oh, yeah. a superhero yeah. at the end I was I, like I thought it worked. It yeah, this is really like well. pretty cool. Well, also the 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 move up to of I can't pronounce this the hippo god's name. Uh, Tawaret. Um, Tawaret. 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 But how she appeals to Layla with like they just killed all the security guard or the police or whatever, yeah. the, the military, and, and she <laughs> that was just, such a funny. That, but it but it fit with the way. She as a character behaves, yeah. just like popping up as the the dead body. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you want to be my avatar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the scene too, where uh, the actress is oh, there yeah. doing having the conversation oh, with man. her, she's as she's sort of like out. half half uh, possessing her at yeah. the time, being like, okay, we're right at the edge. We can do this. You just have to sign off on it. Yeah, yeah. that I, I she love. Sold that. out for that. That's yeah. probably the best part of her performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, the longer she has mm-hmm. screen time, the better she gets. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the way she fought was really cool too. Like I I really it, enjoyed. It's a bit of a problem though because it, it like, is. we've we've shown that she. Is competent with standard modern combat uh, fighting combat technique. stuff. Doesn't matter. But like sh- now she has a flying suit. Doesn't matter. Well, that she's that she's hold, hold a on. wizard. Hold it's on amazing. Now. Hold on now. Steven in his suit pulls out the batons. He's like, oh look at these things. These are cute. And then you know he gets his well butt wiped by that's the jackal. A, hold on. And then later on, he's really proficient with it. He hasn't earned any of that. It's just once he accepts that it, is that is slightly different because, because there's potential bleed through of skill sets exactly. from his other personality. And, and if nothing else, I guess you are at least conditioned. I, I do wonder if he ever was like, I work at gift shop. Why am I in such banging shape? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, um, but yeah, like with, with Tara, she, you could possibly say that, you know, there's, there's some, uh, like for Layla, she is imbuing some more <laughs> yeah. things, but it that's the stretch. This is, yeah. I totally the get fina- that. This is the finale, and the world hinges on this. 
you know, if I need to give my avatar a little extra, let's give a little extra here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I seriously, like I thought that inclusion was really cool mm-hmm. and it added a lot to the scenes because everything up until that point of just Moon Knight beating the snot out of people just wasn't that fun. Yeah, it's just kind of, eh. it's just another another Marvel fight. Time to end with a big CGI fest. We got gods fighting over the pyramid and yeah. night beating stuff up. This just feels like a Marvel and, movie. And this one was earned too because it was. Ta- Tarouette um, had already been such an integral part of the plot for yes. the last two episodes yeah. prior to that. So. Yeah, she didn't just, she, she had already dropped in out of nowhere and yeah. now we were familiar with her. And also, and th- this is like her only avenue to continue helping, right? And, and the enthusiasm of two of kind of like, I'm going to be a real god too. I, you want to be my avatar? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and, and I like that, you know, because before that, she was like, oh, I was really rooting for you guys. I really wanted you to, mm-hmm. to balance it out, and you know, but she's like, but my job's my job. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, so yeah. Okay, Joel. Okay, so we're going down the scale. I gave it a five. Oh, that's actually. Plot. Yeah, it's um, fine. And uh, talking about the scales, <laughs> uh, so they had a so like like we were talking about the Jake Lockley personality. Yeah, they had been um, teasing him and foreshadowing him through the entire series um, very well. Yeah, I thought um, you know the most blatant up to the point where we get to the, the the balancing scales part is you've got a third sarcophagus that somebody is raging trying to get out of that yeah, they sort of they look at for a minute, but out. then. But then they almost inexplicably turn away as if they're not letting themselves look at it, uh-huh. right? Um, and so, like, we know. We know there's another personality in there. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the, okay, so you have to be, we have to balance your your heart. We have to balance the scales with your, yeah. your heart. And they get, like, okay, the two hearts. Okay, we can do this. And they balance it. And they're like, it's not balancing. And you as the audience go, it's because there's a third one. Yeah, <laughs> there's a third one, guys. You got to go find. You've got to become whole and be honest with yourself and incorporate the third personality. And they're like, "No, nah, we're just going to do it with the two of us." Yeah, and, and it, it was yeah. so. It was oh, it was such a great episode. Uh huh. And it was such wonderful acting and such wonderfully dramatic material dealing with all of the trauma and the the response to the trauma and the further trauma with the family that occurred. Oh yeah, and oh. all of that stuff was just wonderfully entertaining and, and heart-wrenching to watch. And this is like a parfait of trauma, just layers on layers. Well, so I, much. I almost like cried a little bit whenever like he was basically standing outside at the car oh, like, I mean, and then I, he walked I was, away. I was just... Um, and it, and his, his dad like waves. From yeah, the and it's yeah. like, oh man, don't do this. To and me. then and then just the, the 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 flipping the switch and he becomes uh, Stephen in order to escape. Yeah. And you're... And Stephen's so happy. Yeah. And Steven's happiness almost crushes you further. I know, because he's just so uh, ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, oh, so good. But (laughs) the scales balancing was so cheapened by them not addressing the totality of his character. Yeah. Uh, well, we also get the the whole we solved this with the power of friendship. Like it, it, Andrew called this like the ultimate anime moment. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things that um, whenever I was watching these episodes, mm-hmm. uh, or four and five mainly, I was like, I know, I know why one I like this, and two, I could see why other people don't like this. It is an anime, mm-hmm. like almost like one thousand percent exactly what you expect out of basically like a penultimate arc episode mm-hmm. of where like you have the main character who has essentially quotation marks been killed and now he has to basically confront himself or his duality or whatever and he has to go through this whole trial and tribulation inside of his mind yeah to be able to to be able to basically resurrect himself and fight the final bad guy mm-hmm. and um and of course and then they then they fit in the power of friendship whenever he <laughs> or, or really self-acceptance but yeah, power but- of friendship is just uh, synonymous uh, and he, you know, he he goes back to um, uh, to the Diab and he's like, I'm going to save you and I'm going to give you my heart as I'm dying. And then, you know, it lands in Stephen's hands and then Stephen becomes, you know, uh, a person again. I'm and a real boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's just like, oh, that was the most anime thing that could ever possibly happen here. Yeah. And, and it, I love it, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things where it's like, I could totally see where people could be turned off by that. Yeah. Well, another objection I had, and it, it's frustrating because it is, you know, it, crucial to the plot, but Lockley also kind of feels like a 
budget saver because we have this big setup for a Marvel fight and the fight's over. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. don't know what happened or why. And like, does that play into the psychological bit? Sure. Does it help, you know, add to the, oh, there's something else more going on here? Sure. But yeah, it really felt like they're just like, oh man, we could save a lot of budget here if Lockley does this off screen. <laughs> well, the, the thing is too, like you could have had all of that and then culminating in the, well, we have to, we have to be whole. All mm-hmm. of, all of me has to be here for us to, to do this, which mm-hmm. requires further facing of trauma, which is just great. Yep. And, <laughs> um, good storytelling. I want to hate and myself. Then, and then at the end, you can have, you've got the sidekick character now who also has her own avatar powers who now gets to be the reliable narrator whenever uh they they black out whenever yeah. Lockley comes out yeah. and can can be the audience stand in of witnessing the brutality mm-hmm. of this other personality and just getting a lot of the shock of that like they they had a lot of opportunity there and they chose to go with with the reveal at the very end in the in the post uh, credits scene, it, it probably would have been better in episode five. I yeah, think, but yeah. I, I I just think it was a a little misplaced. Well, I, uh, but my main gripes are actually uh-oh. the fact that the final episode is a logistical nightmare. It is horrible, <laughs> like the consistent, like the the continuity is just terrible in this thing. I I totally agree. Now <laughs> uh, the the traveling distance of wherever they were to wherever they are going to wherever they end up at is. Just right, because like, because like, like Layla, Layla's in the temple, right, where uh-huh. Mark gets killed after they left, and 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 then like she, she somehow infiltrates their their group, Harrow's group, when Harrow knew she was in the temple, had spoken to her face to face across mm-hmm. the, the the you the know chasm. The, the chasm, and <laughs> hears her doing it. He's like, because he like looks around, like that was a noise, and he's like, ah, it's. Must have been the wind, and then goes back to whatever he was doing, and and she has no problem traveling with them in their caravan of three or four trucks, and yeah, there's not that many of them. They they all know each other, at this right? Point. And and then, oh man, uh, is it was just so bad. And then they she continues to be incognito with them all the way into the pyramid. Yep, witnesses him slaughtering the other avatars. And then somehow from the same room that all of the bad guys are still in drags away the one surviving avatar who is apparently mortally wounded. That was after they left. And well, they, I mean, they didn't move. They didn't move into a different room. No, that they, they, they went out to the no, outside. No, they went out to the outside. Yeah. No, for Did her, they? for her to drag him away. Yeah. Cause that actually yeah. happens kind of late on in the, yeah. In so the that, battle. so basically, um, they're all like, oh, we're going to go, um, you know, purge all the souls of Cairo yeah, and they all leave. The and then, okay. and then she's like, oh, I gotta, you know, try and figure out a way to, to fix this. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'll take that one back. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and then, and then like, so this one guy, which Harrow was very specifically like, okay, well, I'm just going to kill everybody now. And that, but this one guy was alive somehow long enough to tell her how to, how to fix it long enough for him to give her exactly the piece of information she needs. And then he immediately dies. (laughs) He's like, all you have to do is just bring her back to the temple. (laughs) (laughs) And and then somehow without conferring with their avatars, both Mark and Layla know how to enact this spell to do the thing that the dying avatar said. There's a problem with that. Yes. Uh, And then like in the whole fight, in order to have the situation where Lockley has to come out and do the thing to save them, which is kind of what happens whenever Lockley comes out most of the time, whenever Uh whenever it's noticeable, at least he's just like, Fine. And then yeah. he kills everyone and then he's like, take it back. Right? Like that's kind of so, the vibe. And, and that's, that is also another anime thing that is unfortunately not a good trope that I enjoy. Where they're, like the sword is at the at the guy's eye about to stab uh-huh. him in the eye into the brain. And then suddenly he gets a new power that stops that from happening. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. But anyway, in order to set up the situation where that could happen. They have some guy throwing a, th- a throwing knife, pinning her costume to this truck, right? Yeah, so she can't see Which, what happens. And, and she can't get out. And she's struggling. She's struggling. She can't get out. And then the minute that it's no longer relative she to the plot, right she's out. just like, ding, and she's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that rough. on top of just the general choreography of the fighting not being very good. Like, it was just like the whole last episode 
was just a mess. It was. Uh, now there was a pretty like um, whenever Stephen takes over and he starts beating people up with the with the batons. Now I understand that that may or may not be um, uh, earned for the skill involved. <laughs> don't, it, don't point at me. I I gave it to him. Joel's um, one objecting. For the skill involved. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, like, th- that actual sequence of him beating people up with the batons actually was, was pretty pretty good. Cho- choreographed mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, that was good. Uh, and it was – and the thing that's always nice, too, is you can tell whenever they're really proud – any director for action stuff like this, especially in MCU, they're really proud of whoever's doing it because they leave the camera on them longer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they actually did this. Congratulations. You did it. Yay. <laughs> you trained for six weeks just to do this one kick. Yeah. Now just go watch a Jackie Chan film and just feel – real bad (laughs) but uh yeah i mean you know the the plot has some problems so so i do think we are maybe a little biased because the plot and actually i take that back not all the plot problems happen at the end a lot of plot problems happen at the end it does feel like we said the action adventure stuff feels really unearned i mean like like we have this bad guy group that's excavating a temple and then we just walk in and go through their tents and gather supplies (laughs) <laughs> and go down in and there's just there's there's no rear guard there's no objection there's no yeah. nothing and then we're just in the same room as everybody else and nobody seems to really care that much that we're here <laughs> or that we could leave and follow or i put you know i put two taps in his chest he's done we know we know that one of the powers he had was healing and while you are convinced that Kanshu is encapsulated and not a threat this is one of those things where you just be thorough, right? Yeah. And, and just, it's like, come on. Throw, we, throw we, him we, off into we, the bottomless pit. We know you have a few more bullets. Yeah. <laughs> That's the there, way revolvers there are work. So, well, there are, there's like four people with AKs standing next to him. Just everyone no, pull the trigger a couple no, times. Don't even do that. Just take his body, drag it to the chasm that you threw the priest down in and throw him in there. Or or throw him to the, the No, 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 the no, no. Because creepy. then that's that's a we didn't see the body but, scenario. Yeah. Well, or, or just okay, fair. Throw, <laughs> throw him to the other creepy priest so you can get past them on the way out here right. have, have some meat yeah have, yeah have, have some activity yeah um but yeah okay so enjoy embalming this yeah, yeah. i mean there <laughs> are problems God. um and i think that if it was maybe an eight episode series they probably could have fixed a good portion of those it would, it would help a lot to give give a little more meat in there mm-hmm. and and to draw out some of the the more clue finding kind yes. of stuff to to make it a little bit more sense mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so let's move on to the Entertainment. 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 Who wants it? Uh, I'll go ahead and take it. All right. Uh, so, like, as we talked about uh, pre-spoiler wall, we have these separated out because entertainment is not necessarily representative of the technical achievement. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, for me, I gave this an eight mm-hmm. uh, out of ten, and mm-hmm. that is that is it is brought down a little bit by some of the kind of ludicrous inconsistencies um, and and definitely a huge missed opportunity with uh, presenting the third personality uh, at the at the the balancing of the scales. Yeah. Uh, But man, did Oscar Isaac's performance just absolutely make me want to watch this again. Yep. All right. I'm going to take it. I gave it a nine. Ooh. Yeah. So I binge watch this right you know it, it was released properly week by week and i hadn't paid much attention to it <laughs> because moon knight's not a property i care a whole lot about and there have been some mixed reactions the later it got into the series which mm-hmm. i figured out why uh holy cow i like episode one has me right we have the the elements of the psychological thriller the unreliable narrate narrator it's it's well presented the camera cuts are done well i'm there Two and three, maybe a little bit of a slump, and then four and five hit, and it was just like, well, I'm I have to finish this tonight. I'm not I'm not <laughs> going to bed with an episode left to watch it tomorrow with this still sitting on top of me because Andrew already said, you know, Marvel getting weird, right? And we got weird. We 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 I've been shot twice, and I'm lying dying in a pool, and suddenly I'm inside a low budget. <laughs> Psych ward. Well, no, no, no. The low budget, uh, like Explore Indiana Jones ripoff. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which has huge implications into the story. And then, yeah, then we get real weird in the psych ward and everything with, with characters we've already seen playing different roles yeah. we're just in his mind. And, man, I love that kind of stuff because we're really, really weird. We're really deep up inside his head. And Oscar is just selling out. And, oh, so good. Yeah. 
Andrew? Uh, so I gave it an eight. Okay. And um, so, you know, going into watching this show, the only reason I would chose to watch it or that I was like, oh, we should, we should, you know, Holly and I should watch it. We're not big MCU fans, but um, I was like, oh, you know, it's got Oscar Isaac getting and the, um, the trailer looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I had no idea going into this that it was anything about Egypt mm. and, and like Egyptian <laughs> pharaohs and gods and everything. And my entire childhood from like, you know, probably like age six to age 12 was all about Egypt. <laughs> uh, that and the Titanic, really weird. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that Venn diagram kind of seems to have some holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> British. Uh, Very British. <laughs> But um, I I thought this was so cool because I was like, oh, this is all about this is actually all about Egyptian gods. Yeah. So I am like all in now, and mm-hmm. we got to episode three, and because episode three was not good, definitely the the weakest out mm-hmm. of the whole show, um, we basically skipped all the way up until um, uh, we just were like, well, we'll just watch it whenever it finishes, and it finished last week, and we still hadn't watched it, um, and then I was like, well, I have to watch all three episodes that we haven't seen today because we're mm-hmm. reviewing it. And um, uh, because of that, I was just like, I was just, I'm just going to binge it today while I work. And I got to the end of episode four and I was like, oh, I actually have to, I'm going to sit down and watch this yeah. now. And uh, episode five happened and I was like, what? Like, where did this come from? This is so good. And uh, unfortunately, you know, see, episode six was a bit of a mess. So it didn't really have as much staying powers or power as i would hope it would have mm-hmm. but um i already told holly i was like we just have to watch this i have to watch this with you now because i want to watch these again yeah yeah uh, so you know i gave it the bare minimum of eight for a rewatch um and it was definitely entertaining enough um uh, just at a baseline i mean it's definitely probably the second best one that they've come out with i think for for their tv series mm-hmm. yeah for me i don't think it's gonna be for everyone i think loki is gonna have broader appeal it will but I think it's better done mm-hmm. and it's more entertaining. I don't have the same. I, I I actually didn't realize you didn't know that Moon Knight was all about Egypt. No, I had no idea. And so like, I thought it was like some weird like Batman ripoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of is, but that's that's a different, that's for the comics. That's the comics problem. But watching, I was like, oh yeah, Andrew loves Egypt. It's like, he's going to eat this up. I was like, or it's going to be really wrong. He's going to be really angry. And I was like, and I don't know enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they, they got all the gods right. I mean, I mean, I know their names. That's, it, yeah. That's about as far as I go. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was just really cool. Uh, just, just seeing, you know, just all of the, I mean, just pyramids and everything like that. It's just such a cool thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And there's just the, the whole, oh, the pyramids are right here and the gods are meeting inside. Them. Yeah. I, lo- I love that cross of your just normal everyday life. Oh, we're right in there. Giza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was much better than I, the, the trauma was much better than I expected. <laughs> just ultimately. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if you've already reached this part and you haven't actually watched the show, um, or if you were, you know, for whatever reason waiting, I don't, I don't know why, and you're still listening, um, you should go watch it because it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's much better than I expected. But yeah, it sounds like that is all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew, and I'm Joel. And every spoiler was intended. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. We also have a discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.